Welcome to the Trojan Talk Podcast. I'm Ryan Young, publisher of Trojansports.com, and we have a special, special podcast today. It's not as long as most of the podcast, but I think you'll find that there's a lot packed into this one that you're going to want to hear. We are joined today by now former USC quarterback Keaton Slovis. Slovis, of course, entered the transfer portal last week, as many expected would happen after this season, after a very tough 2021 season. We'll get into that decision, what the transfer process has been like so far, uh, where he might end up, who he's heard from. We'll go back through this tough 2021 season from the firing of head coach Clay Helton in week two and the effect that had on things to the much scrutinized quarterback rotation that took place midseason that we, of course, were very very critical of uh, in the moment, and uh, and it was interesting to talk to Slopes about that and get his thoughts. We'll talk to him about Graham Harrell, again, the much-scrutinized offensive coordinator, and their relationship, and some perspective that Slovis wanted to put out there that maybe fans didn't see or understand about Harrell. So I thought it was a fascinating conversation. Uh, Slovis and I have had a good relationship through his career here, uh, all the way back to when he was a, a three-star recruit out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And I had gone out there and done a big story on him, sat down with he and his family, and uh, covered his uh, incredible rise as a true freshman, breakout star, and then all the ups and downs since. So he was generous enough with his time, even though he's very busy right now trying to get this transfer uh, process completed. He was very generous with his time to come on for one last appearance on the Trojan Talk podcast, and we were very appreciative to have him on the show, and I think that this will be a great listen for all USC fans, so there was no need to tack on more guests. We had more than enough here with just our conversation with the quarterback, and we'll leave it at that. If you are not subscribed to Trojansports.com, man, are you missing some good stuff. We are playing up this Lincoln Riley era from all angles. I I was on the road for two weeks, uh, I went down to Muleshoe, Texas, a small town in West Texas, that is Lincoln Riley's hometown, to learn more about the new Trojans coach and talk to those who have known him his whole life. Uh, that story got exceptional feedback, which was really nice to see. Uh, that was our second in-depth feature on Riley. We also had an exclusive story uh, about the 24 hours after he was hired at USC and everything that went into it with uh, exclusive interviews with AD Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna. Uh, that story got great feedback. And then we've been on the road tracking down recruiting coverage. We were in Las Vegas for four-star safety Zion Branch's announcement on Wednesday and uh, talking to all of the USC targets out there as Vegas is a hot spot for the Trojans recruiting this cycle. And, uh, boy, it's, it's been a very fun few weeks, great few weeks on the site, some great discussions and debates on the message board on our Trojan Talk board. So if you're not subscribed, uh, I would jump on. We've added a ton of new subscribers in the last three weeks, and it's been awesome to see. We've got some new voices joining the conversations on the board, and we'd love to have you there as well if you are not already. So join us at Trojansports.com. And without further rambling from me at the top of the show, let's get right into the good stuff. All right, without further ado, let's get right into our our one and only guest in this podcast, because we only need one guest when we have 
now former USC quarterback Caden Slovis back for one last spot on the Trojan Talk podcast. One of our most popular guests on this podcast has always been so generous with his time to us. And we had to have him on once more before he formally leaves for whatever's next. Caden, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. It always has been a pleasure. We've enjoyed doing these shows over the years, many interviews. Sorry to see you go. Obviously, no one's uh, surprised by the decision. But let's just start in the present and work backwards. I'm very curious about the whole transfer portal experience, what it's like. Take us through the moment your name hits in there. How soon before you start to get calls from schools and coaches? How many schools do you hear from? What's it like? Yeah, it's actually uh... – uh, it's kind of a funny experience, you know. I was at the gym, and you know, I told compliance at USC I wanted to jump in on Monday, and I was like in between sets, and my dad texted me, like, "When are you going to hit it?" I texted the compliance, our compliance guy at SC, and he responded like, "Whenever you're ready, just let me know." And I was like, "Sure, put it in." And like by the end of the that set, you know, my phone started blowing up, and uh, it was crazy. And I kind of I had to wrap my workout and get in the car because. Uh, you know, I think it was actually Notre Dame was on the phone for the first call, and I was like, "Shoot, this is a kind of developing a lot quickly, more quickly than I, than I imagined." That's wild. Did you have any, but you kind of leaned on for advice about going through this process who had been through it to kind of tell you what to expect? Yeah, I think uh, really just former coaches and you know people closest to me, my dad, my you know my family, my friends, uh, people that I trust in general. Um, but I think a lot this time too, I could kind of talk to you know. Again, former coaches that I, that I had a lot of trust in, or you know, just people that I met, you know, along the way, because you know they know college football a lot better than, you know, frankly, that my dad does. So you've been in for most of this week, I guess. How many overall calls have you gotten from different schools? Um, a lot. It's hard to keep track, and that's the thing. I think at each school, you probably get three different guys. You're probably talking to like a player personnel guy. You're probably talking to OC. You're probably talking to head coach. Um, you know, sometimes you're talking to players at that school if you're interested. So I think, like, as a whole, as a whole, it's been, uh, you know, again, a lot of phone calls. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if I have 60 phone calls, that doesn't mean I'm talking to 60 different schools. A lot of them are just, uh, yeah. you know, it's just a number. But, uh, again, a lot of them are just different people at that same school. So the first call is from Notre Dame. Uh, how wild was that, given that you've been on the other side of that rivalry for three years? <laughs> it, was, it was definitely uh, – I don't know if it's shocking, but you know, just kind of eye-opening again, just to kind of look at you know the the whole process and what it might potentially lead for me. So again, it was uh, I don't know if it was shocking necessarily, but it was uh, kind of ironic again being in that situation. So how do you sort through all this? What's your game plan for sifting through all the options that come your way? I'm sure you have a pretty clear sense for what you're looking for, what you want. How do you go about it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a few things I'm looking for. And I think, you know, just making sure that, um, you know, school, I mean, really, I, I just started out listening, I think, um, seeing what school has to offer, then kind of pairing that and seeing if it fits with what I want out of the school, you know. Um, you know, the requirements are pretty simple, you know, a place where, you know, I think I can get on the field, a place where, you know, I feel like we have the, a good chance to, to win next year, win now. You know, I'm not going to go to a program that's, uh, you know, frankly, going to take a long time to develop because I don't have that time. Uh, and again, just, just, uh, you know, the last thing is really just a culture. I think I, I want to buy into, I believe in, and, and, you know, want to, want to, you know, get behind and, and, and pursue with my, you know, future teammates. And again, it sounds like a pretty simple criteria, especially for a transfer kid, but 
again, it's uh, it's pretty easy to kind of start whittling down the, the, the candidates once once you kind of put it put it up to that comparison. Yeah, well, well, to that point, is there a timeline in place? How far along are you, and, and do you have a an end date when you want to know what's going to happen here? Um, I don't. I didn't have a timeline in place, but I think I have a pretty good idea. Um, I think I think we'll hear. I think we'll know um, pretty early this upcoming week. Um, okay. right. Where were we going? What was the most surprising uh, school you heard from? The one that just you're like, what? Really? Um, shoot, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I think it's just interesting to hear from from coaches that you know I haven't heard from a while. You know. I haven't talked to the school very much, but, uh, you know, like Coach Drinkwitz at Mizzou, he was, uh, you know, I, mean, I haven't really gotten a chance to talk to him yet, but um, I talked to his OC, I think, and, uh, you know, that was like the guy who first offered me in high school. You know, he was my first Power 5 offer when he was at NC State. He was the offense coordinator. So uh, to get that call was just, um, obviously it's cool, but it's also just kind of, you know, it's just strange to kind of see how much has changed now he's the head coach at Mizzou. I think he in between those jobs, he's at Appalachian State. So, again, like, a lot has changed in that time span, and, you know, a lot of it for good, a lot of it for, you know, whatever reason, it's just changed. So, I think just seeing that has kind of been uh, just strange. Yeah, I mean, the longer you're around college football, the more you realize it's, it's a small world, and the people you cross paths with at one, at one place you might see again down the road. So, I totally get that. Were you able to take any visits throughout this, or has it all been over the phone? <laughs> I wasn't, unfortunately. Um, but... Because uh, the dead period, um, you're not really allowed to go on visits. But uh, fortunately, I think, you know, that's not really – you don't really need to see a facility to kind of get a feel for, you know, what school I'm going to at this point, you know. Again, I'm kind of going for different reasons. And my advice to someone who's a freshman would be like, you know, don't – you want to find a coach you like, but don't entirely commit to a coach because there's a lot of turnover. You might not be there. But for me, I kind of am committing to a coach. You know, I, I am, you know, you know, not going to be at this school for – you know, for five, six years, like you would maybe be as a freshman. So it's definitely a different process. And again, for me, you know, I'd like to visit. That'd be great. But it's not the end of the world that I can't um, or I'd have to wait a while to do that because I think I'm committing for, you know, I'm not committing because I like the campus necessarily. Hopefully I like that too. But that's a kind of secondary uh, thing. So we're going to find out pretty soon where you're going. What is going to be the reaction from people when they see your choice? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Probably all over the board. It's always, I don't think people always see the value that like a player or myself would see in a place uh, necessarily. Uh, maybe they do. I'm just saying in general, like, I think I have a pretty, um, you know, good, good perspective on, you know, schools I've narrowed it down to. And I think, you know, the, the average fan uh, may not understand uh, or see, you know, what the reason thought behind it is, but Again, it just aligns with those three values that I, that I mentioned earlier, three things I'm looking for. Um, again, the schools I narrowed it down to, you know, they all fit that. So, again, it's just finding the place I feel most comfortable at. But, again, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, you know, <laughs> super surprising. Maybe it will be. I don't know what their general reaction will be. But, again, my, my, my initial thought when you ask that question is, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the college football player probably is a little bit different perspective than a college football fan. Sure, sure, sure. Well, we're all very intrigued now to see what, where this ends up. Just overall, I mean, how strange has this all been? I mean, we talked before the season, and and we'll get into you know, NFL draft feedback in the future and stuff. But but we, I, I was thinking at least that you know this was going to be your last year before you go to the NFL. You've had a great career at USC. You're a third year starter. 
who could have ever thought you'd be in this spot? How weird is all this to go through? It's really weird. Um, again, because after your freshman year, you don't think uh, you think you're probably going to graduate, go to leave from USC, and uh, it's just not going to shake up that way. So it's very strange. But again, I kind of feel a lot better about things. Um, you know, the season was really tough on me personally, uh, as it was a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, so again, I think. And at the end of the season, too, and leading up to the couple of weeks before I got in the portal, there was just a lot of uncertainty in terms of what I'd do. And, I, you know, that was that itself was a lot. And, uh, you know, it was pretty stressful times, pretty depressing times. And uh, it was definitely a, a pretty big bump of adversity that, you know, I haven't really seen before because it kind of came in a different way than, again, than I've ever seen before. So, again, it's been a, a long, long journey. And, uh, you know, it's only been a few weeks, really, but, I'm just really, I'm really glad to be here and, you know, really excited for the future because, you know, I feel like I'm in a much better place than I was, you know, not too long ago. I was just going to say, it sounds like you're in a really good place with everything, uh, despite what this fall brought you. Yeah, I, I feel that way as well. You know, it's a fresh start, but it's also a start to, it's a way to kind of go about this process knowing so much more than I did the first time around. Um, I kind of joke, not saying I wouldn't end up at SC, but kind of joke to friends and family like you know if i knew what i knew now you know I would just def- definitely go about the process a lot differently you know um you know again i kind of said like i think i'd end up at the same place but you know i just would have went about it in a completely different way than i did the first time around would have been much more diligent and much more patient and again i kind of you know see it from the other other way around and you know understand how the game's played a little bit so Again, it's just a, it's a much better time this, around, this time around. It's definitely stressful still, but you know, I feel a lot better about it. Yeah, for sure. That's probably how most recruits feel a few years after the fact when they look back on it. So let's go back to the decision. I'm sure you got feedback from the NFL. What was that feedback, and, and how much of a decision was there between draft or transfer? That's a weird thing. Um, I don't think people realize how – like nondescript that feedback is, you know, the only feedback you really get from the NFL um, is first round, second round, third round, go back to school. So, um, and if you're not in those categories for sure, they're going to tell you go back to school. So mine was go back to school, but I didn't even get my back until yesterday. <laughs> so um, it took a while. It wasn't like, again, I kind of expected to say go back to school because I also, you know, put, asked, um, you know, our people, the people I you know, know and, trust to kind of get feedback from scouts themselves and um that information was also you know all over the place so with me you know personally again i just have a lot of confidence in who i'm as a player you know i think uh i didn't want last year to be my last year of college football yeah you know i know there's left more left there out, out there for me um and again i didn't didn't sit right with me kind of going out there and you know betting on yourself and maybe being a later pick you know i'm Again, if that happens to be the case down the line, then that is what it is, and that's that's great. But again, like with two years old, really, that decision didn't make sense to me. Uh, to be honest, so um, I thought, you know what, like let's uh, let's give this thing an, another shot, and um, let's give it another shot somewhere else, and, and see what can happen. And if you're in the same place um, in a couple of years or wherever it may be, you know that is what it is. But um, I think it, it'd be kind of wasting uh, wasted opportunity if you didn't didn't try to take advantage of those two years left. You had some connection with scouts that you could reach out to personally for feedback? Um, not personally. I think, like, people I knew knew scouts. People at USC know scouts. Like, there's the department can has people. You know, even Coach Riley helped me um, talk to, to, to people that he felt um, comfortable with communicating with. So, again, there, there are a plethora of people that, 
you know, kind of help me and use their relationships to help me in my decisions. So, again, I, I thank them and credit them. But, again, I, it wasn't like one definitive response. I heard lots of different responses, which also that volatility kind of indicated that, like, you know, it wasn't wasn't the best decision to go. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had gotten to speak to Lincoln Riley at all. And was, was there any consideration at all that you could stay here? I certainly understand all the complexities of it and what you went through this year. And was there any consideration at all that USC was an option or that was just clearly out of the picture? You know, I, th- I thought going in before Lincoln got hired, you know, I kind of figured, you know, it's either go to the NFL or transfer because I'm, you know, I think my time here is, is over. Um, I think that was pretty apparent to me that once he did get hired, <laughs> um, again, it was uh, it's one of those things you kind of have, have to think about it for half a second, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I told him that. I told him, like, you know, I feel like I, I need a fresh start. And I, I, regardless of what's happened here, you know, I feel like I need to get to a new place. But also, you know, when – Lincoln Riley gets hired, you have to, you have to kind of think about it and, you know, make sure you're making the right decision. And, um, again, he understood that and, you know, he, uh, he kind of echoed that he's felt that in certain places as well and that, um, you know, he would understand and help me with whatever possible. And, you know, I was more than welcome to stay and he was happy to coach me and excited to coach me. But again, that he, I really just credit Coach Riley because he, uh, you know, he, he took himself out of the equation. You know, he was kind of like, you know, if, if I were to, you know, be talking to you as a coach, I'd say, stay, we'd love to have you, and I'd love to coach you. But, you know, as a, you know, person who's trying to put yourself in your shoes or, you know, active, if, if I, he, he kind of said, like, if I'm acting like your dad, you know, I'm probably telling you, uh, if you're feeling this way, you should probably, you know, try to get a fresh start. So, again, I, I really uh, appreciate it. I sat down with him, like, three, three or four times. So, he was great throughout the entire process. That's great. That's great. At what point, this fall, did you know that this was going to be the outcome and that one way or the other you weren't coming back? Was there one crystallizing moment, one game where you just got to that point where you said, I've, I've just got to move on after this? Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I think to the point where I knew that there's definitely frustrations at some point in the year. I don't know if there's a definitive point. I think when I was talking about you know, what I was just previously mentioning, I think that was you know, when I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to play the rest of the year after the injury. So I think at that point I was kind of looking at the situation, thinking like, you know, this is like this is it. I'm 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 done. But uh, again, I don't think there was one moment while I was playing and healthy that you know I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Um, but again, there was just so many different things that happened, and I, honestly, it wasn't like it was really. I didn't have time to process it because you know when you're in the middle of the season, you're middle of playing, and you're thought processing on that week and that game, and you're not really thinking about the future because there's nothing you can really do about it, you know. So. Yeah. Again, it wasn't like there was one moment or anything. I think once I knew I wasn't going to play, uh, you know, I was out for the rest of the year. I think that was kind of uh, that last week. I was kind of looking looking towards it a bit. But, again, it wasn't like there was one moment during the season because, again, there are probably a lot of little moments that, that added up to it. Well, you bring it up, and I wanted to set the record straight if we could because there was so much speculation about the injury. Is he really hurt? Is he shutting it down? The USC shut him down. What was what was the truth with all that and the actual situation? Yeah, it was just uh, it was just a, a hamstring injury that uh, you know really started out as something I didn't think take too seriously. Felt it was pretty minor, um, but just got worse and uh, you know went to get checked out. Um, you know, honestly, I've never had a hamstring injury, so I didn't really know what to make of it. I thought I kind of thought I'd go away. I uh, did walk through, and it didn't just just got a little bit worse and. Uh, just continued to bother me. 
and we did rehab and you know we tried different forms of rehab the first form of rehab we did um again i didn't think it would be hold me out as long as possible the first form of rehab we did kind of aggravated the injury more so again that kind of took me back a bit longer than once we did get to a good point of rehab um I guess it was a little too little too late. We got to a point where I was running at the end of the year and felt a lot better, but again, it wasn't um, wasn't a point where I could really practice or um, you know feel comfortable going into the game. For sure. Well, eventually I want to end on a high note and look back on some of the highlights of your time here, but let's just go back through this year first, and, and we'll start at the end again. Um, when you made this decision, what was the hardest goodbye or the, the hardest goodbyes you had with teammates or former coaches or just anyone you had, you had to tell, hey, I'm leaving, I'm moving on? Um, I think just players. I remember, you know, talking to Coach Riley about this and, you know, kind of letting him know that I was going to get to the get into the portal and uh, seeing Jude Wolf on my way out. And, you know, Jude was not only a great friend of mine, but he was, like, my first roommate when I had, had at SC. And, you know, a guy I didn't know going to SC that I became pretty, pretty close friends with. So uh, that was kind of tough to kind of, you know, it was great to see him, but it's also kind of tough to, to kind of, you know, be at that place and see him all the way out. And I think all the relationships I had, you know, just, just sitting in Galen the last week of week and a half or so um, before I went home, just being with those guys, my friendships I've made over the years, knowing that it was probably the last time I was going to be able to spend time with them, uh, at least in this setting. So I think that was the, that was the most part, you know, and, you know, even seeing like, Coaches, um, you know, Coach Harold clean out his, his office and um, the coaches I love. And, you know, I still talk to him and keep in touch with them. But uh, just seeing them not, you know, kind of seeing the end of that whole uh, situation was really tough because of the relationship that you developed with them. And, you know, I feel like you know, I've made almost friendships with them too. And uh, it was just tough to kind of see it all come to an end. Yeah, absolutely. We've used the word tough a lot. So let me just put it this way. What was the toughest part about the season? If you had to boil it down to the one thing that just really made this such a challenge and obstacle to go through personally. Um, shoot. I think, uh, I think everything, uh, I can't really pinpoint one thing to be honest. Um, it just seemed like there was one little form of adversity of another. And right when I thought I was, uh, you know, getting over one thing, there was something else that would come up and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm kind of happy for it because it made me a better person, maybe a better quarterback. It's going to make me a better leader, um, better person. It taught me a lot of things. But throughout this year, there was no point. You know, there's, there's kind of a point where it's like, you know, there's some there's a lot of things I can't control, a lot of things I can't do. Um, but I'm going to do everything I can to, to, to help better the situation. Um, and again, and that came in like every different form possible this year when it was really tough. But again, I think, you know, you know, we, we define toughness as adverse uh, overcoming adversity with a great attitude and great effort, and that's all you can do when, when you're you're faced with those those uh, situations. You mentioned Graham Harrell. What was your relationship with him to the end? Uh, great the whole way. You know, Graham's awesome. You know, I think he gets a lot of you know scrutiny that he doesn't deserve. To be honest, you know, he's he's been nothing but the best dude for me. Uh, he's been awesome with me. He's been upfront with me. He's been completely transparent. He's a real dude. Um, you can't say that about a whole lot of people in, in college football, to be honest. And uh, I love that guy, and uh, he's meant a lot to me. And really, the, the relationship we developed, and it didn't it didn't come from like I said before, it didn't come from him recruiting me. You know, it just came from being able to spend time with each other on the field and, and, and in the quarterback room, and him coaching me hard. And again, that's a relationship I'll 
I'll forever cherish and continue to cherish, um, you know, as, as we move forward. I knew you would answer it in that way. And so I wanted to follow up with what, you know, obviously Graham did get a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism. The fans really turned against him as his tenure went on. What's the biggest thing that people didn't realize or that they missed about him or about the offense? Uh, what was the most unfair narrative or criticism regarding Graham? Um, there's a lot. I think uh, you know, it's easy when things aren't going well to just point it off the coordinator and go, it's his fault, you know, or you got to call a better play. But there were, you know, I've been in the film room. I've seen what we were supposed to do, and I've seen what we were supposed to execute. And again, I think we were put in position to execute and, and make plays time and time again. Um, and that's credit to Graham. That's credit to the whole O staff, honestly. You know, there's something to be said with all the, the, the things that, you know, unhappiness that was had and scrutiny that they faced. We still had the number one offense in terms of total yards and production. So, like, in USC's worst year since I've been here, that says a lot, I think, um, about, you know, what he does is as an offense and what, what they do. But again, I've been in the film room, you know, you can say whatever you want, but as a guy in the film room, looking at the plays we're calling and knowing how it's supposed to look, you know, I think I think the stuff that he was getting was just really unfair. Um, but that's how it is. That's how college football is. But yeah. I just kind of want to say that because, you know, as a, as a guy in the room, you know, I think I have some, some, hopefully some form of credibility, and I just want to put that out there for, you know, everyone who's, who's trying to, you know, bash him for it. No, it's good perspective. That's why I wanted to ask you. Going back to obviously the whole season turned when Clay Helton was fired after the second game. How much did that just change everything for you guys behind the scenes and and, and whatever else? Um, changed a lot. Changed uh, everything. To be honest, uh, you know, it was a decision that was made, and you know, I understand that um, there was a push for that to kind of decision to be made by a lot of people, but um, it was just so early in the year that. It was it was just strange, honestly, to, to kind of you know handle it and uh, you know still still think in terms of this year. And I think that's as a whole, you know, you know the whole assistant coaching staff is you know they, they and I credit them they stuck with it through the whole time and and uh, you know they worked their ass off. But again, that that provides a lot of uncertainty for them too, you know. So for them to coach the way they coached, for us to play the way we played guys worrying if they're going to, you know, the, all just all the uncertainties that we knew would, would ensue, uh, you know, kind of, it just it was just very difficult to kind of play the rest of the year knowing that there's going to be a, a change made at some point, that, you know, coming into this year. Yeah. And, and I'm not asking for specifics here. I know it's, it's private stuff, but just in general, how much was going on in the locker room? That was just another thing you guys had to battle through as that year went on, as, as the lose, losses mounted, as like you said, the uncertainty mounted, how much was there just behind the scenes stuff that you all had to fight through? Um, you know, I, again, I, I don't think there's anything crazy that happened in the locker room. I think it's pretty much what you'd expect. I'm just a lot of shock. And, uh, you know, again, when adversity faced, you know, guys kind of look around like, damn, this is rough. And again, it was, it was a tough deal. And, you know, it was, it was, a uh, you know, unfortunate situation, but again, I, uh, you know, credit the guys for fighting as much as they did. And, uh, it was a, you know, frankly, just an unfortunate circumstance. You know, so this is from the outside. I don't know what your perspective was. I'm going to ask you in a second, but I'm watching the season play out. I'm watching the quarterback rotation happen, and my thought is, man, they're, like they're they're undermining Keaton's NFL chances here because it's already been a tough season, and if it's going to finish like this, that's going to pretty much wipe out his hopes for the draft this year. How much did that factor weigh on you through all that? Um. Yeah. I mean. 
I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot there. Um, again, it was frustrating. I still don't really understand why or didn't understand why, and it didn't make much sense to me, especially given the circumstances, you know, surrounding everything. But again, that was something I kind of you know had to face, and um, you know, luckily I think I handled it personally. Like looking back, I think I handled it the best I could. Um, again, it was it was frustrating. So you look at it, and you know, you, you look and just go, well. You know, it's probably going to hurt some things, but also you have to look at it in terms of a team's perspective. Uh, it's probably uh, you know not the best interest to worry about how that's going to hurt my draft stock right now because USC football, you know, wins and losses don't don't care about Keaton's loses draft stock. So yeah. again, that was kind of something I had to put aside for now and figure out at the end of the year. Well, well, just last question on this, and then we're going to look back on some of the highlights to end it. But what conversations did you have with Dante Williams to try and get clarity on all that, and 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 how, how I don't even how to phrase it. What was the relationship there through all this? Um, we had weekly meetings starting from when Coach Helton uh, wasn't, wasn't no longer on the team, coaching the team. Again, I, um, you know, he told me some feedback that he wanted to see. And, you know, I thought, you know, I tried to do my best to kind of address that. So, yeah, when it kind of came, when it was told, when it, just everything, the way it was communicated with me again, it wasn't something to me that really made um, a whole lot of apparent sense. But, Again, coaches have their own own rhyme and reason for why they do certain things, and you know you have to assume that that he was doing the the, the thing that to him was was an interest of the team. For sure, I, I guess I should also touch on this. I mean, I've in, I've talked to Jackson Dart, I've talked to his family, and they've been nothing but complimentary about you and the way you handle everything. Uh, how would you characterize the dynamic that existed between you two as you both went through this, and and it was neither one of yours doing, and you just kind of both thrust into that situation. Yeah, you know, Jackson's been great the whole time. Um, you know, it was nice to have a guy in the room who, you know, conducted himself the way he did. And, you know, I consider Jackson a friend of mine. Jackson's a, a really good kid. And, you know, I really don't think that, you know, this situation hindered our relationship in any way. I think I think he would tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, I, I think, uh, you know, it was a, a tough deal that we were both kind of given. And he handled it really well. I know it's kind of, you know, an awkward situation potentially. But I thought he handled it well. Um, and I, I'm kind of glad it went that way because I didn't want it to, you know, kind of change a whole lot of things. It's, it's not, uh, you know, there's, there's no reason for me to blame him for, for any of the, the things that happened or blame anyone, you know. It's, it's just something that happened and something that we have to deal with. Yeah, no, I, I think you both handled it well. I think everyone would agree with that. Well, let's end on a high note. And it was really uh, three years with a lot of highlights, a lot of high points, a lot of success. How do you look back on your USC time overall at this point? Um. You know, I think, you know, I don't mean to, to, to make it seem terrible because there are a lot of great things and I had a lot of great experiences at USC and uh, lots of positives. But, you know, one of the reasons ultimately that leaded to me transferring or decided to transfer was, you know, there's so much, there's a lot of negativity from the moment I got there. You know, obviously after the 5-7 and seven season, there was a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, upset people and the Trojan <laughs> of the of USC family and, I understand that, but we came in and I thought there was significant improvement, showed a lot of promise. But even that, you know, I look back, and I look back at the end of our freshman year where, you know, I think we had four games where we had lots of yards. I threw for lots of yards. Last game, we had four receivers go over 100 yards. The second time it's ever been done. And then the next Monday, Mike Bones having to announce that Clay Helton's not being fired. Right. Um, and to me, like, I, again, I look back at that as a great memory. And again, I always will cherish that, but. Um, again, that's one of the reasons that you know I've been kind of frustrated. It's been that's been frustrating is even in those great moments, you, know, you kind of look at it 
you know, the perception was very negative. Um, and again, I kind of just want to get to, to, to a situation that's more positive and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to that, um, as a whole. Yeah. You went through a lot and there's a mounting toll from all that. It's kind of ironic that you filmed that PSA for the PAC 12 about encouraging fans to recognize you all are kind of the same people. And, um, <laughs> I've been watching the USC basketball game in the background, and, and you've come on three times uh, in that span with that with that PSA. But I, on, on that note, I mean, what was what was the mental toll of going from being like the the biggest thing? Everyone was just so excited about your freshman season to having to go through that roller coaster with the the outside perception. Um, I think it was good for me to learn it, really. Um, you know, because you can get caught up in that too much. And, you know, probably too much times where I, I did buy into a little bit too much. And I don't think I went overboard by any means. But, um, you know, you have to really stay, you know, people call me even keel. But you have to stay even further removed from that stuff because uh, that stuff can crush you if you read into it too much. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a great learning lesson for me. You know, you can be everyone's best friend one day and the next day um, you're everyone's <laughs> public enemy number one. You know, I think a great example is against UCLA. We beat, come back and win after the game we touchdown all USC loves me and then I throw the game losing interception the next week and everyone hates me again. And you know, that's, that's the nature of, of the sport and that's going to happen. And uh, I think I learned that, um, again, throughout my career and, you know, you can look at it as a negative, but again, I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I got to learn it as young as I was. What game or, or, or throw or play will you look back on the most when you kind of just reflect on your USC time? What's the most pleasant memory? Oh man. Um, Shoot, I don't know. There are a lot of good memories. I think most of the memories, honestly, though, you know, just reflect around the, around the relationships that I built and and the, the memories I had of practice and and uh, you know those are stuff you won't get back and those are stuff that you know no one really knows about other than the people you shared it with and that almost makes it more special um, and more intimate. You know, I think back to the quarterback meetings we had and how much fun we had in there and you know the guys that we had in there and you know like and those those guys and those moments will never happen again in that in that environment. So. Like, I think that's the kind of stuff I look back more on. You know, obviously there's lots of throws that are really fun. Uh, there's lots of moments that are really fun and games that are really fun. We threw for a lot of yards and, you know, made the game-winning catch or game-winning throw or, you know, we won the last second and that's all great. But, um, again, I think that stuff's, you know, more important to me at the end of the day. Well, I was going to ask you, who are some of the guys that you didn't know coming in that you grew the closest with over the years? Um, everyone. There's no one I knew really going in that, that – um, you know, I, I, I kind of went to USC not knowing a soul and I came back with a lot of friends and hopefully friends I'll have for the rest of my life. But yeah, I think of a guy like Justin Dietrich who really hosted me on my official visit. I had no idea who this dude was. Uh, he's a total meathead. And then you know, I get to know him and uh, he ends up being one of my best friends and uh, shares a locker right next to me and, you know, just to spend pretty much every moment of my college career right next to that dude. Um, that's just one example. You know, I think of Brett Nealon, I think of Andrew Voorhees, I think of Eric Comenhoke. Um, I think of Michael Pittman, um, even guys like that who I've only spent one year with, you know, that, that's special and you, you won't ever get a chance to get that stuff back. Well, Keaton, I, I think a lot of USC fans are going to be rooting very hard for you in the future. And I think there's still a lot of confidence and belief that you're going to do some great things moving on. What is your expectation for where your career goes from here? Um, no expectations. You know, I, I have a, that's, that's kind of thing. I don't want to set an expectation for myself. You know, the, the goal is to, to go, have a great year and go, uh, or great two years, whatever it is, and then go to the NFL and have have the best career I can. And again, I think I can do that. I know I can do that. I just need to to find the right spot for me, and I'm looking forward to to, to find that soon. But again, 
I'm not going to, you know, there's no, uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of try to play and have fun and enjoy this last, you know, year or two I would get a college football. On that note, do you think maybe the pressure of thinking about the NFL was more of a factor than you anticipated it would be going into this season? And now that you've been through it, it's just something that you want to put on the back burner? Uh, maybe. You know, I think I think I did do a decent job of removing myself from it. Um, and to be honest, all the all the crap that was going on this year uh, kind of helped, uh, you know, make that, you know, help that factor factor out some of my worries a little bit because I was so worried about what was going on at school and how I was going to handle everything and how to get this team, you know, back on track. I think that honestly helped more, um, you know, distract me from being worried about the bigger picture a lot of times. So, um, yeah, I think looking forward to this year too, that's definitely even, even less of a concern now because, you know, I realize I have all the time in the world. There's no, there's no rush or, or, or kind of, you know, push to do anything. You know, let's go play ball and things will work out if you're uh, playing free and playing fast. Absolutely. Well, hey, we really appreciate your perspective and, and all your time you've given us over the years. And we certainly believe we'll see you in the NFL sometime soon. And uh, very, very intrigued to see this news that's coming up next week and where you land. So best of luck, Keith, and thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan.